Thanks for joining us on the Oasis Church Podcast. To find out more about Oasis, visit CelebrateTheJourney.org. During this episode, Pastor Dennis Ritchie shares a great message that will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up a Bible, grab a notebook, or simply listen along. love and thank you for community. Thank you for the invitation that we have to come before you and worship and, and laughter and joy. Thank you for healing and wholeness. And thank you for forgiveness. I pray that this morning the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So two weeks ago, uh, Jan was here last week, so two weeks ago I started a series on the Holy Spirit. And it's an open-ended series because I just want to be led with where the Holy Spirit kind of wants to take us as a church. Um, And so this can go three sermons, this can go 30 sermons. Um, I don't know, I'm not putting a a time limit on it. I just want to kind of move and flow. Now, I have been preaching for almost 15 years. So I think April is is my 15th year of this pastor gig. And um, I I still feel a little bit like a rookie. I still wake up with the Monday morning hangover of, did I really say that at church yesterday? You know, you you have those, those moments and um, but I have never, in all those 15 years, never have had a sermon series dealing solely with the Holy Spirit. You'll hear me speak of the, I mean, you can't speak about Jesus, you can't speak about God without speaking about the Spirit, and so it's all been intertwined, but I've never done in 15 years a series that was dedicated to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's here, and I do believe that this is probably going to be the, the most important series that I have ever preached or, or will ever preach. Now, I'm not saying that because God the Father and God the Son, they're less in any way, shape, or form, because that would be heresy. Um, God, Jesus, Spirit, Trinity, Equally God, separate persons. We went through that a couple of weeks ago. But my understanding of the Holy Spirit has matured over these last almost 15 years. And it's changed the way that I am engaging my faith. I'm not saying I've arrived in any way, shape, or form. But there has been a maturing in my understanding of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and in that, there's a, an excitement that's been birthed inside of me. And an excitement for the possibilities for me personally and, and for, for our church. Because it's about engaging the fullness of God in the power of God, which is the Spirit. It's about, um, it's about the presence of God manifesting himself 
at our, at our times together, at our gatherings. I, 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 I believe you must have felt that during worship, that, that the presence of God, that the Spirit of God had fallen into this room and it had moved in, in a very profound way. And I look forward to more of those manifestations of the presence and the power of God, not only, not only in our church world, but in our individual lives and in our homes, that the, that the power, the presence of God is, 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 is there in a way that's, that's, that's physical, that we can sense it and feel it and see it and understand it. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, I've, I've come to the place in my spirit or, or in my faith journey where I'm just not comfortable with the Bible being comfortable. I think we remove the power of it when we try to try to explain everything away, when we try to make it same old, same old, when we want to fit everything into a nice box and it's explainable and it's rational and it makes perfect sense. Because when we get to that, I'll use the word religious place, we begin to rob God of his power. I really believe with all my heart that the Father wants to unleash His power through the Spirit in the church. Unleash that power. Unleash uh, of what thing, of things that we have never experienced for. That the difference that the church is going to make moving forward goes beyond what we can just easily explain and goes beyond what we can kind of plan for and accomplish in our own strength. If we have no doubt that we can get this done in our own planning, in our own strength, then we have eliminated God from the picture. I want to see things that go beyond our capability, beyond what is rational, God-sized, kingdom-sized adventures that the church is going to be on. In Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, Jesus had told the disciples, you know, you guys hang out a little bit. And you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll know when he arrives because you will experience something that's very different from all of the other things you've experienced as, as you and I, as Jesus and his disciples were, were walking together. In John chapter 14, Jesus said this, that the things I'm doing, you are not only going to do, but you're going to do even greater things than these. Because the power of God has come onto the church. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Paul writes that we are a temple of God. And that, get this, that this spirit that Jesus promised was going to come is in us. Like, like in this body resides the spirit of God with all of its might, with all of its power, with all of its strength, with all of its authority, maybe not all of it because I would explode if I had all that. But the Spirit of God lives inside me with power, strength, authority to push back darkness in this world, 
to, to leave a footprint, a kingdom-sized footprint in this world. That power has been given to us because Jesus went back to the Father, and the Father made the promise that when Jesus gets home, I'm going to send, I'm going to send the Spirit. We've been promised it. Jesus said in chapter 14 again in John, it said, He said, um, He said, If you love me, keep my commands. And notice there's no and in there. If you love me and if you keep my commands. They're not really two separate things. If you love me, the manifestation of that love in the follower's heart is that we would be living into the rhythms, Jim. Of Jesus. And the promise was, we get the Spirit. Acts chapter 2, that promise is fulfilled. We call it the day of Pentecost, where the Spirit of the Lord came, and, and they hear what sounded to be like a, like a, a rushing wind, a violent wind, and, and flames, uh, uh, tongues of flames, flames of t- whatever kind of danced on their heads. There was this physical manifestation of power that came upon this ragtag group of followers of Jesus. And from that point on, everything changes. From that point on, their lives changed. In fact, from that point on, the world has changed. And the Holy Spirit, the giving of the Holy Spirit that experience that those disciples had in that upper room is, wasn't just a, a one-time event. It's for us, the church. That same power that's, that was made available to them, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is now available to us, this church. It's the fulfillment of the prophecy in the writings of the prophet Joel. Joel writes, and afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders. In the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. How awesome is that? The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so here we live in the time when the Spirit has been poured out. Here we live in a time where where signs and wonders are available to the church. Here we live in a time when words of the prophetic are are available to the church. And see, what I want to get to this morning has always been a bit of a controversial subject within church worlds. But that's okay. Because again, I have, (laughs) this is not a flavor of the month sermon series. This is not a... Uh, Let's try this new thing for a while and and figure out if it works or not. It took me years, years to come to a place of understanding and maturity to understand what it means to be what Jesus called being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know people go, ooh, that's a, that's, a, that's a creepy thing right now. That sounds a little Pentecostal charismatic. Well, I, I guess it is. 
But remember, don't give, don't give the word charismatic a bad name because some may have abused it. Because you can give Christianity a bad name because some have abused it. You've heard me talk about signs and wonders in the past and about God's presence being manifest, how they're available to the church. After that time of Pentecost, signs and wonders were just kind of a norm for the church. Peter, he raised a woman from the dead. Like when his shadow was, was cast upon people just as he walked by. They were healed because of the power that now was inside of him through the Spirit. In Acts chapter 6, we hear about this guy, Stephen. Stephen was just a deacon. He wasn't even one of the apostles. In fact, he was picked to do what the apostles really didn't want to do anymore. And that's kind of like serving. But it says that he was full of grace and power. And he performed great signs and wonders. God moved through Paul with signs and wonders. Even he would, he, they would have him touch a, a handkerchief or, or an apron and then bring it to the sick people. And the sick people would touch that and they would be healed. Not because of anything that he was doing, but because of the presence of the Holy Spirit within him. Filled him with this power. God-sized, can't-explain-it power. This is the same power that's available to the church today. And that power comes through, it comes through an impartation, a giving of spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. You'll find that phrase in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Like the, 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 the disciples, they followed, they were disciples of Jesus for, for three years. He considered them his friends. He taught them, ate with them, traveled with them. And yet they did not possess the power of the Spirit like it was going to come upon them at that day of Pentecost. Yes, they, that Jesus enabled them and sent them out and, and they performed signs and wonders. But there was something different about what Jesus told them to wait for in that upper room. You see, here, here's the thing. Now, now, this is very important. You can be a follower of Jesus Christ. You can have salvation, which we know that you have to have the Spirit. Romans, I think it's Romans 8. It talks about if you do not have the Spirit, then you can't be a disciple. You, you don't, you're not in Christ. So you, but you can have the Holy Spirit in such a way where you are saved, meaning you are going to heaven. But you can lack the Spirit as a vocational, in a vocational way, meaning empowered to live your life beyond what is humanly possible. You can live your life in a way that to the outside world doesn't make sense. It's, it's through the scripture that you can have salvation and yet not be filled with the power of the Spirit in the context of what we see in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter uh, 10, Acts chapter 19. We have all these occasions of the Spirit coming upon people who believed in Jesus. 
chapter 8, Peter and John go to Samaria and, and they, they bring the spirit or they, they, they unleash the spirit to the believers. Chapter 10, Paul goes to the house of, of Cornelius, a Gentile, and the spirit of the Lord comes upon them. And the one I want us to look at this morning is in Acts chapter 19. It's the story of, of Paul. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. It was about 12 men in all. So here we have disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, believing in who Jesus is, was. And Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They are a group of people who understood that Jesus was the Messiah. They were baptized in the baptism of John for repentance, meaning they were waiting for the one coming. They were turning their life away from just living it for whatever reason they decided. And they were looking to the things of God. Their sins were forgiven. They have been reconciled back to God. They believed in Jesus. The great commission, part of it was coming to fruition in their life, that they were being made disciples. Paul recognizes that they are disciples, but he notices that there might be something different, or I'm sorry, something lacking in them that should be there. He didn't question the fact that they were followers or disciples, but something, there was a check in his spirit. Maybe he noticed that there wasn't a, a freedom in their worship or, or in their lives, or, or maybe a lack of, of the gift of prophecy or a lack of, of, of praying or speaking in tongues. Whatever was missing, Paul has to ask the question. And the fact that he, he asked the question, do you have, have you been given the Holy Spirit? We understand that there is a separation between having the Spirit for our salvation, the forgiveness of our sin, and having and then receiving the Spirit for power to live in this world, for power beyond what is explainable to us. There is this proceeding, the giving of the Spirit. There is a believing in Jesus. And then a giving of this power that he talked about. And so there is a difference. And it's okay that there's a difference. One is we have been called by God that the Spirit has illuminated the gospel to the point of our understanding that we are in need of salvation. 
and we give ourselves over to that calling and we say yes to Christ as Lord and Savior. But there's another part of the story that we can receive power to be his witness throughout all of the world. That we can vocationally receive the spirit of God. That we can live in such a way that is, is very different from what the rest of the world lives. Or even what followers of Jesus without this baptism of the spirit live. Paul addresses them and, and they say, well, you know, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit, which isn't necessarily that they haven't heard of the Spirit because any, any good Jew would have heard of the Spirit of the Lord coming upon people. It's throughout the Old Testament. But what they are ignorant of, and I don't mean that in any derogatory way, but what they, what they did not know was that it was offered to anyone. See, Old Testament Spirit of the Lord was really for the big players, that God imparted it for a season or a time on, on certain individuals. But now, but now there's a time that has come that all who believe can receive this godly spiritual power as a, as a gift. Something different has now taken place. And it began in that upper room at Pentecost. There is power to be had, life-changing kingdom advancing, signs and wonders, power. Paul asked the question, so what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is Jesus. So these disciples, these 12 men, were baptized into a baptism of, of repentance. Now, John always was pointing people to Jesus. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about he was forgiving their sin. It wasn't that they should come and follow him. He was pointing them to Jesus. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, chapter 3, John says, I am baptizing in water for repentance, but there is one coming after me who is more powerful than I whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry, he is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. The baptism of repentance is to put off the old things and look to the one who can save. That was John's baptism. And now we see that Paul will baptize them now into the name of Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul placed his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Baptized into the name of Jesus. That's our tradition here at the church. When we set up, we set up that pool over here, and, and, and the kids do belly flops off the, the cross, and, and, and you know we put it right here. And we baptize into the name of Jesus. And in fact, if you have not been baptized into the name of Jesus, then we are hosting or offering a baptism for Easter Sunday. I would encourage you to be baptized, to, to take that step in a public declaration of declaring you are a follower of Christ and you are leaving the past life that you lived 
away from Christ and you're committing to a life moving forward with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The sign up for that is, is by March 31st. And if we don't have anybody to baptize on Easter Sunday, that's okay. But I want to make sure you're offered the opportunity to be baptized. And so Paul takes these 12, he baptizes them, he deliberately places his hands on them, and they, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. The laying on of hands is, is, a, is a, uh, an object of faith that they would receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And they begin to speak in tongues, a language that they don't understand, that no one really understands, and they begin to prophesy. It's the experience that happened in Acts chapter 2. It's an experience that happens in Acts 10 when, when Peter is speaking in the house of Cornelius and the Spirit falls upon the house. It says that it began to speak in tongues and, and praise God. But, but the laying on of hands is not some formulaic function that needs to take place uh, to receive the Holy Spirit, but there has to be an impartation of that Spirit. We know that in Acts chapter 10 when Peter was speaking to, this, to the house. He's just, he's just talking to them and the Spirit of the Lord came down upon them without him laying hands on everyone, anyone. And they began to prophesy. I'm sorry, they began to, to speak in tongues and to praise God. Thursday evening um, when Jan Nell was here and he was teaching uh, core principles of, of um, the spiritual life and uh, it's kind of a regional teaching that he's beginning to do. And, and that evening he spoke of, um, he actually did training into how to hear, how to hear the word of God so you can prophesy to people, so you can encourage them and edify them and build them up. It, it was really a, a very good, good teaching. But, but for a few moments, uh, only for about two or three minutes, he spoke of or taught briefly on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that was it. And he, and he spoke briefly about it. I received a phone call um, Friday, Friday late morning from, from Mark Brotherton, who's back there somewhere with his, with his hat on looking down. And he told me, he said, on the way home, Dennis, I just began, I began to weep and cry like I've never cried before. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he began to pray in tongues. Nobody was around to see it, to hear it, to lay hands on him. Just the Spirit of the Lord, the desire to move and signs and wonders and power came upon him in his car. And he began to shed tears that he's ne- like, like he's cried like he's never cried before. And speak in tongues. This is about going after it, church. This is about living life that's... You know, we call outside the walls, go and to serve, but it's really just outside the walls in power. Now, if you've ever been prayed for, for the baptism of the Spirit, and the gift of tongues or prophecy did not come on you, it doesn't mean that it didn't work. It doesn't mean that for some reason God said, mm, not you. But I do believe that gift of, of tongues and prophecy is available to all. And I believe that because it's what happens in the Bible when people receive the Spirit. And for whatever reason, maybe there's something in you. Uh, maybe there's a, a, a fear or a nervousness or uh, maybe a, uh, you fail to understand fully what it is. I, I'm not sure what it is, but I do believe this gift of, of praying in tongues is available to all who have received the Spirit. There's actually four uh, 
different categories of speaking in tongues, and we're going we're gonna to examine that and look at that on our Wednesday night Bible study starting actually um, this coming Wednesday uh, during family night. But what's taking place when they're talking about tongues is, is this, this prayer language that you begin to speak that is, that is ordained and given by the Holy Spirit. You don't understand what you're speaking, but it sounds as a foreign language. And only your spirit and the Holy Spirit understand it. Now, you, you might be saying, well, Dennis, why even bother praying like that at all if I don't really understand it? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says that anyone who speaks in tongues or prays in tongues edifies themselves. You are being built up within your spirit in a way that you cannot do on your own by just um, studying or you know, understanding the word, praying with, with a normal language. But I will say this, that praying in your native tongue, English, is important because Paul says it's important. He said, you should pray in tongues and you should also pray so your mind is engaged and, and you understand both should take place. But there's a spiritual enlightening that incurs, that occurs when we pray in the spirit. Jude chapter, um, yeah, chapter, Jude 20 and 21. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love as you as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Building yourself up in your most holy faith is about engaging and understanding and living into what the gospel calls us to live into, the teachings of Jesus Christ, following Christ, then praying in the Holy Spirit. It's not just about uh, praying in tongues, but it is, uh, it is included in this prayers of the Holy Spirit. And it's a, it's a way of keeping ourselves connected to the love of God. Now, listen to me. This is very important. If you do not have or pray in the gift of tongues, it does not mean that God loves you less. It does not mean that you are less of a Christian. It does mean that you, that you if you're not baptized in the Spirit, you are missing out on the gift of supernatural power. But you don't pray in tongues to get God to love you more. But there's something about it that connects us to that love in a deeper, more profound way that we can't understand. In fact, Paul would say, I pray in tongues more than any of you. There's this edifying of yourself. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's something I have never preached on. But it's time, I believe, that we unleash the power of God in this church. It's time that we unleash the gift, the free gift that's given to us. And I know maybe some of you might be a little uneasy about what I'm speaking about this morning. It's okay. I was uneasy about with it for 14 years. But God kept revealing and working. I know it makes you uncomfortable maybe. But that's okay because I've grown tired of the Bible being comfortable. I've grown tired of trying to understand everything about God. The mysteries of who God is. 
If we can understand God fully, then he has no longer, he has, he's no longer God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. It has been missing in our fellowship. And so, I know that maybe some of you want to kick the tires a little bit on this, this teaching. It's okay. Look into the scripture yourself. Read the book of Acts. You'll see it. Ask the Spirit to illuminate and help you understand. but I want to offer it to our church. I like the way Jan Nell makes the analogy that as you get prayed for the, the baptism of the Spirit, that um, it's like God starts that generator in your soul. And it's just the power plant is churning in you. And you begin to engage you begin to engage life the way God has planned you to engage life all along in his power. And so instead of kind of making a, doing it as a church, I want to be respectful to those who might have more questions. Look me up. You got my number. Wednesday night, we start a six-week study on the Holy Spirit. It's a great study. Join us. You will need a study guide. You can get those online. But we're going to be over here, and, and if anybody would like to be prayed for, to receive the Spirit, then come on up, and we'll pray over you. This is not about me or, or any of the other people that may pray over you. This is about God. This is about God's desire for his church to stand up and be noticed. This is about God and his desire for the church to push back the darkness in ways that aren't necessarily natural, but supernatural. Acts chapter 9 says that the church came into this season of, of quiet. And they lived life, the fear of the Lord, and being encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And God was adding to their numbers daily. Yeah. So it's time, church, that we... Um, It's time that we take the world by storm. It's time for the voice of God to be heard through his church. It's time to push back the darkness, not in our own strength, but in his strength. Yeah.
It's time. So we're, we're not going to play games anymore. Not that we have been. I don't want you to have that impression. We've taken the training wheels off. We're jumping into the deep end. I know that could be taken as a bad thing or a good thing. But I want everything that God has to offer. I want it for myself personally, and I want it for each and every one of you that attends this church. So with that, I love you guys. Uh, Give praise and thanks to him for the snow. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.